Hello and welcome to our podcast where we take fictional science from comics, movies, TV, etc. and try to make it factually, scientifically, possibly real. I'm Stoby. I am known as Forgan. And I'm Stu. And this is the Science of Fiction. Pick up the tricorder, put it on your head. Scan in the planet, see if anyone is dead. Autonomous car driving in Zanzibar. Be me up, Scotty, I'm not that far. Android hoovering, tearing up the place. Flip phones and conference calls, friends in outer space. Astrophysicists sitting on my knee. Asking aliens if they like a car. I got addiction to science fiction. I got an addiction. Welcome back to the Science of Fiction. It's been a while. We apologise. It's been a while. It's, it's been, been a bit a of a hectic long. time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, here is the Christmas special, the Science of Fiction Christmas special, where we're going to delve into how our buddy Santa Claus manages to not disappoint all those children every single year in a single night. As always, I'm joined by... Stu and Dr. Forgan, say hello, boys. Hello, hello boys. Good work, God. Like, we didn't even Some things just that. never... No. I know. That was you, I'm, looking, I'm legitimately looking at the waveform, and we've got it exactly in time. It's perfect. We're so, a well-greased yeah. engine, Stu. Old habits die I, hard. I, I don't want you to grease my engine anytime soon. Took a turn real quick. Real <laughs> quick. Anyway, fellas, what you've been up to? Forgan, how's things with you? Oh, um, what, what what's happened? Uh, we're we're moving house in a wee while, so that that's quite exciting, but not for a few months yet. To a different house, uh, or just moving the physical house somewhere else? Yeah, we're picking up the entire house brick by brick and moving it like oh, ten like feet. Like a big Lego house, like a big yeah. set. Of- that's exactly cool. what we're doing. Um, so we're moving just, house. That's just fun. don't just don't forget the, the instructions because otherwise you'll put like the wrong bits back together, oh, and you'll have God. like a door and a window and a window and a door. <sighs> This is something that my daughter likes to do. She likes to dismantle her Lego and then bend the instructions and then say, Daddy, can we put it back together? And I'm like, Oh, it's fine. There's a website. There's a website on the internet which gives has all the uh, Lego set instructions on them for like historical. Oh, I really hope so, because otherwise I'm absolutely screwed. Like, for all your Lego needs, visit <laughs> www. <laughs> Proud sponsors of like, you, you can Google it and like so I have a I have a I have like a classic uh, Lego castle from like nineteen eighty four. Uh, and I, I got it like a long, long time ago, and I've had it for ages. And they got taken apart, and it was in my big conglo- conglomerate Lego set. Um, and I decided a while back that I was like, "I'll oh, see if I can build it. See if I can find the instructions." Looked online, there it was. Boom! Built it very slowly because I had to find all the pieces in the big Lego set. Uh, and then uh, I managed to build it in fully. And then my son decided that he was going to take it all apart slowly and put extra bits on it. And yeah. So, but the Avengers <laughs> live there now. So, oh, that's a pretty rocking castle. Mm. Have you ever seen uh, Lilo and Stitch? Yes, the bit where Stitch builds the city up and then stomps all through it like Godzilla kind of thing. Yes, that, that's, that's, that's kind of what, what I imagined there. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, he gets it. <laughs> nice. So, is that what you've been up to then, Stu? Building Lego? No, no, just um, trying to ma- maintain uh, order, but uh, with a four and a half year old and the, the usual rigors of life. 
<laughs> but it's cool. He got to. He got to. We went. We went on holiday uh, a couple of weeks ago. We went to South Centre Parks. Uh, he got to do archery, so he got to finally live out his dream of being Hawkeye. Um, <laughs> and he got to drive a little jeep, and he had lots of fun. Um, but he's been absolutely knackered ever since. Mission accomplished. But he, <laughs> but he did get to do crazy science, and he got to wear a lab coat and big goggles and uh, make a make a volcano. Um, That's cool. Fun. Yeah, it was really fun. good. He really enjoyed himself. <laughs> so, moving on, Santa, <laughs> who is a hundred percent real. Oh, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. So our buddy Santa, who delivers lots and lots of presents on Christmas Eve all around the world. But how does he do it? Well, he flies around in his sleigh, dry, uh, pulled by ten, nine reindeer? Uh, nine. Yeah. Nine, thank you. Uh, and they fly through the air with a big sack on the back, um, and then he lands on each house, goes down the chimney, puts the, the presents under the tree, and then moves on to the next one. And he gets it all done in one night. Simple. There we go. Podcast over. <laughs> yeah. Job done. Podcast over. Five that's done. Yeah. Play the music. Play the music. Hit the, yeah. Hit the music. <laughs> Cue the music. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's some people who are skeptical, right? And you can see why they're skeptical, right? Yeah. You know? I mean, it's a really long way to go around the world. And there's a lot of people, right? I struggle to get down the road in less than 20 minutes. <laughs> down the road to where? The end of the road. Right. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a long journey, isn't it? It's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. The world's uh, a big place. It's a big place. And some skeptics, I guess, are trying to disprove Santa by doing the calculations and saying, oh, it's against the laws of physics. But, well, it depends depend which sort of world he's going around, if he's going around a round world or a flat world. But he's going around our worlds, too. Um, it's not that flat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but have, I mean... He's going around... The world. Say it slowly. He's going around. He might be going around the edge. The world. <laughs> around the edge. Circles are round. That would be so the. We've uh, disproven the, flat Earth. So that'd be the wall of the Antarctic then, would it? I'm yeah. sorry. I think that's a pretty good callback. Thank you very much. Yeah, there we go. For everybody who's not listened to all of our episodes, they are. Go back and visit our, our back catalogue. Some of it's really good. Yeah. Just depend um, it just, just really depends on what um expansion packs for the earth that we've got open at the time yeah that's a really niche reference exactly you have to go back and listen to that episode yeah so someone's right. gonna have to go back and listen to a flat earth episode and they'll listen to that whole thing and then they'll hear the joke and they'll go oh yeah that does make sense Stuart's working great here usually he doesn't remember anything from previous episodes <laughs> yes usually they were like do you remember Stu? we do a podcast and sometimes this is say, true this is true uh, so why, why don't we get into it a bit and try and figure out whether um, Santa so how is, big is the is, world is real or not? If we assume that it's round, like a <laughs> how ball, big is the world? Not like a circle. Well, it's it's several thousand kilometers across, right? Um, yeah. And what's the circumference? About twenty six thousand, off the top of my head. Um, You're the scientist here. I'm just the idiot. <laughs> there's a lot, um, and there, there are a lot of people in the world. There's seven billion people in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, most of those are children. Most of those are children. I would say so, yeah. Mm, no, if you think about the age range, though, it's, you're only a child for your first, so at most, 16 to 18 years. But people live up to 100. So not, it's actually not quite many, a, though. It's it gets, a minority. It, it, it te- I'd say it was a minority. I'd say it, it tapers off after a while. 
But we're we're an aging population, right? In in developed countries, so you know, age pyramid is more sort of skewed to the old. Anyway, there's mm-hmm. there's billions of people, right? Let's say there's a billion children in the world um, who are getting presents, and let's assume that Santa Claus is not being um, spiteful and giving people sacks of coal or whatever. He's going to give everybody a present. Sacks of coal, man. Yeah, sacks of coal. Actually, that's probably quite a lot. It's just getting one piece of coal was what you yeah, got. Yeah, I was about to say, sacks of coal is relatively useful. <laughs> it's like, I can actually heat my house with this. Thanks, Santa. Um, <clears throat> so let's assume that Santa's giving everybody a present. There's a billion people. He's got Christmas Eve to do it. Yeah. So um, we'll, say, we'll say after six o'clock. After six o'clock. Okay. But it depends where you're going, where you start as well. Yeah. Well, so you, well he you starts take- in Lapland at the North Pole. Where he lives. Well, I mean, he can, he with can his travel wife from an army of elves and nine reindeer. Yes, so that's that's his that's his start point. But where does he go first, right? So I guess we should talk about the article that we're kind of basing our discussion around. And this is a, it's an article; it's a few years old, but it's by another astrophysicist who's looking at the science. Oh, whoa, hold on, hold on. There's more than one astrophysicist. There's several, Stu. Oh, it why was, we don't have any of them on the podcast? Uh, because you can't get them on. Okay. You're, <laughs> You're cheap then. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the cheap one. Um, so he wrote this article a few years back talking about, you know, the, the challenges that Santa must face, right? Delivering presents to all these people. Dogs. Um, dogs. Yeah, you know, dogs get in the way. They might, might chase them around. I've seen movies. <laughs> like, in, um, like in the Santa Claus. Comes down That's the chimneys, right. the dogs go... Rawr, rawr, rawr. And there's that episode of The Simpsons where Homer pretends to be Santa and gets like, attacked by dogs in a house. So, yeah, yeah there you go. Legit risks. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's the, the first thing we need to do then is figure out where to go first. And well, you want to go who, kind of... Where's the nearest place to the North Pole? Well... With, with people who would have children who would, uh, who would get presents. What you want to do is you want to go as as far away from midnight as possible, where it's still dark, and start delivering presents there. Um, so you're in the northern hemisphere because it's dark early. So you want to start at basically as soon as well, as soon as kids go to bed. When like a typical time that kids would go to bed is like what? Well, well, Christmas Eve is a bit later, but say seven o'clock. Yeah, for the, for the sake of argument, so you want to find mm-hmm. somewhere where it's dark at seven o'clock. That's not too far from the North Pole probably somewhere in the Northern Hemisphere, and then just sort of start working your way along, right? So you want to start the, the, the place at 7 o'clock first. So you want to go towards the international date line and then start working basically all the time zones from start to finish because you want to end your journey at the latest time possible that's still the same day. Mm-hmm. And I think if anyone's ever taken a flight to the US, for example, yes. going west, you gain time. Yes, and if you fly far enough, you actually arrive before you've left. Yes, yes, I did that once. I went to I went to San Diego. Yeah, and, and, and I landed before I before I took off. Yeah, it so was you very can confusing. Use that. <laughs> so it it turns out that if you do that, then you have something like forty two hours of time in which you can deliver presents, right? And it still be the same night of Christmas Eve and before sunrise happens. That's mental. That's a, yeah, that's that a lot of coffee to stay awake, though. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's what the hours? milk and cookies are for. Well, no, one thing on. the article doesn't cover is... makes me tired. It doesn't cover bathroom breaks. 
No, it doesn't count. Or yeah, number ones and number twos. Because I, yeah, I, I assume it's going to have to be both, right? Because you're the other thing is Santa's eating a lot, right? Yeah, he like, eats, he puts on a, he eats a lot of. Bear in mind, like if he goes to every one, one every household in the in the in the world, and every household has it's like a mince pie. And maybe maybe even some some milk or cookies. Sometimes even sherry, depending on 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 the people. Like oh, he, Santa he, gets whiskey in my house. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not the good stuff though. Sometimes he does. He's, he's a good pal of mine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, how much is he going to drink in one night? Should he be flying a Should he be flying a sleigh? <laughs> well, I wonder. I always wondered about that. Maybe he gives some of it to the reindeer face to keep it, them warm. On. Here's another question: Given how many presents he's carrying, that's like a heavy. That's like an HGV essentially. Oh well, it's 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 well. What it, let's say a typical present is hundred grams, two hundred grams, yeah, something like that. Two hundred no, grams it, times a billion. If, say, say, say six say, billion because everyone's say, getting a present, present, which is like five hundred grams, right? So yeah, like a billion presents. That's like five hundred million kilograms. <laughs> okay, that's, that's how dense is that? Is that like more denser than uh, than than Thor's hammer? That's an interesting question. What is the Schwarzschild radius of five five uh, hundred million kilograms? The the good news is that it's not going to turn into a black hole, which is fine. Um, hey God, that would be awkward, wouldn't it? <laughs> but it does have a significant um, gravitational field, uh, according to this. Here's a, here's a question then. Does that mean that there's going to be a point when the population of the Earth is such that the number of presents he's going to have in his sack may reach a point where the density creates a black hole? What would the, what would the population of the Earth have to be for that to happen? That's a good question. <laughs> Let me see if I can find out where. Sorry. Yeah, it's 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 quite a lot of presents quite a lot of presents. I have to put quite a lot of zeros in here to get it even close to the point where yeah. his sleigh would collapse into a black hole. You're- so I think I think the overpopulation would probably be a bigger concern then. Yeah, I think you need to have like like many billions of times more people. So billions of mm. billions times billions. So basically billions. what you're saying is Santa's Claus's sack is never going to get so dense it's going to create a black hole. No, I don't think so. That's good. No, I can't guarantee, I haven't done the calculations completely, is... Um, whether you could get nuclear fusion happening inside the, the sack of presents or not. <gasps> oh, that'd um, be cool. I don't know what, what the, the critical density of that depends, you know, because would it start to collapse under its own weight, maybe? Because that's the other thing is that, you know, it's it's this size now, but if it has a strong gravitational field, it might pull itself closer. So maybe, maybe it could produce a black hole. But I guess you'd have to then figure out what the what the resulting back pressure is to stop it from collapsing. So you'd have to figure out like, okay, if I've got a box... Um, at what point does it start exerting pressure back? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would need to go and do a calculation on that. I don't think it would. So I think Santa's okay, and presumably he, you know, he, he must have some kind of some kind of force field or something that makes sure that the whole thing doesn't collapse, or some kind of anti gravity measure. Because magic. Yeah, because he's, he's he's having to then you know. This isn't this, this isn't the science of magic or the magic of fiction. This is the science of fiction. Right. Well, in that case, I'm at a loss to explain why a, a, a half a billion ton sleigh doesn't collapse in on itself and can travel at what's going to have to be pretty high speeds. So in the article, the uh, the astrophysicist then goes on to try and calculate what the typical speed needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so what he does is he says, okay, there are this many households 
and the the surface area of the Earth is a number, um, and therefore we can say, well, there's a if we assume that everybody's like distributed equally on the Earth, that this is the average distance between each house when it's like, you know, a quarter of a kilometer or something on average, right? Mm-hmm. So he's got to travel, you know, a billion times that number um, over the course of that those forty two hours, and in that time frame, he's also got to stop the sleigh, get the present, go down the chimney, or use the magic key to open the front door, which he does in some mm-hmm. houses, um, and put the present under the tree or in a said child's bedroom, and then leave. All while avoiding any security uh, cameras. Yes, uh, evading detection wires, from tripwires. traps. Um, <laughs> Do you baby trap your house just in case too? <laughs> you can never be too certain around here. I'm just imagining Santa's a bit like Catherine Zeta-Jones in that film. Do you remember? In, in, is it Entrapment, where she's having to like dodge the laser beams, but like just like that in a Santa costume, <laughs> 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 with like a little punch just kind of hanging out, you know, too many mince pies. Um, so here's my next question, right? So say say Santa's having to travel at this ridiculous speed that we've already established, right? Because he's having yeah. to go from between between. between, between one house to the next house, next house, next house. We never so, actually got to the speed. Though. Oh, sorry. Oh, so, yeah. Well, I'm so assuming the, it's a ridiculous one. It's one percent the speed of light. Yeah, you go. Right. See, ridiculous. Which is physically allowed, <laughs> right? It's not impossible. <laughs> oh, so I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's it's uh, we're giving that one an okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. So here's my next question. Uh-huh. If so, my, my next door neighbor, right, is like maybe so far away from me like he has to accelerate to that speed and then stop yes between houses right mm-hmm. how does that not turn him to jam oh it does oh wait a minute no <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute i'm trying to defend his position aren't i um, yes <laughs> this is really unusual i'm using the debunker i'm trying i'm trying i'm trying to be the bunker um, I'm, well, I'm see. I what I'm doing is I'm just thinking back to how many episodes we've had before and seeing if I can reference as many as I can. We're going back to Iron Spam here. We are. The student has become the master. Exactly. So there, there is a problem, right? Which is that you're you're pulling lots. There of is G's. a problem. You're pulling lots of G's, like billions of G's. Yeah. And and he's doing body, it multiple times. Like he's doing it like a billion times. Yes. So th- there is a yeah. That's pretty problematic. Like the the sort of the best. Or the, the most G's that a human has ever endured is like ninety. And that was for a brief sort of period you know, of time and then they passed out and like, you know, blood vessels in the back of their eyes popped and they gave themselves like intestinal ruptures and stuff. So yeah. not great. And Santa's basically doing that a billion times over forty two hours. Yes. So he's gonna have to have some kind of like cushioning mechanism. Um not an Iron Man suit. He's barely <laughs> He's going to have to wear some kind of special suit, which somehow cushions that acceleration, right? But we, as we discussed in the Iron Man episode, it's quite hard to do that, right? Because, you know, you've got to have, well, first of all, there can't be any rattling around in the suit. Rattling around in the suit is concussive force and splat. Hmm. Um, and even if you get that, there's just a lot of pressure being put on you. Like the the blood in your I mean, vessels is getting under a lot forced. of pressure anyway to get all this done. Well, but I, that's, a mo- that's more emotional work level pressure rather than physical G-force pressure. <laughs> it would be a shame if we got through all this, managed to prove that Santa could do it, but also prove that he'd have like a psychological breakdown before he got to like Kamchatka. Let's face it. <laughs> let's know. face it. He's got like he works one night a year. <laughs> 
He's got a I'm whole sh- year to go back into therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure if he was in this room speaking to us now, he would tell you that he works more than one night a year. That's I mean, a lot I there's a lot of logistics and so forth, but I can absolutely understand if he goes to some sort of counselor because the, 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 like the expectations of the entire world are on mm-hmm. his on his shoulders. He does get a lot of letters. That's true. Yeah, he, he gets a lot of letters, and, and he's honour bound to read. I'm not. I'm, yeah. I'm not because it, it's. It's. I. I respect him because he, he he delivers every year. He does. I mean, every year the, the evidence is there in front of you. Right? Exactly, and and we're already showing some of the the huge obstacles he's having to come out, get, get over. His body is 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 a wreck. <laughs> <laughs> the logistics are a nightmare. I mean, that's maybe but the every point year, of the mince pies is they year, provide like boom, a cushioning boom, boom, boom. effect. Yeah, like the, I, nothing, nothing but respect for Saint Nick. Nothing yeah, I mean, but respect. It's a tough like, job, this, isn't it? All we're all we're doing. We're this this is this is this is a Saint Nicholas um, appreciation podcast. <laughs> That's true, and you know if he then has to go and um, hash it out with a therapist and yeah. Spend most of January in, in a straight is, jacket sobbing. His, then, you know, you know, that's you know just what, it. Do you know what even even better for him? He he has the strength to admit he needs to have problems, and he needs to have that help. And that that is a that's a big step. Yeah, yeah. Don't keep it in, folks. It's okay not to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's okay to not be okay. Santa Claus can get help. You can get help. So, see with the going back to the. the time zone thing you were talking about before the following the international dateline mm-hmm. and you, you mentioned that it'd be on the northern hemisphere yeah you'd want to actually try and get as much of the south done as possible because they have the shorter night mm-hmm. so you would just, obviously you'd be kind of doing up and down but you would want to spend as much time as possible in the south getting rid of that because they've got the shortest night mm-hmm. that's that's pretty much what i was about to ask is how you would deal with that what would this kind of if you were to if you had like you know you you took one of those flat maps of the earth mm. um, and had a look at that, what would this kind of route be? Would it just be straight up and down from north to south, or would it kind of zigzag back to go with the the, the, the night line, if for lack of a better word? Yeah, I, I'm not sure what's actually quicker. I've not I've not sat down and calculated it, <laughs> but you want to get the south done first because you've got less time. So I, it might well be the case that you start from the south at the dateline. Do as much of that as possible, and then circle back to the north from the dateline as much as possible, and kind of put it together. But you know, ultimately, you know, if if Santa can achieve relativistic velocities, then it might be to his benefit to do the south first, and then just zip, you know, round the planet back to the north, do the north a second time at one percent of the speed of light. Then it would only take you know it would take less than a second to get there. So, um. That might actually be helpful as well, because you're spending less time getting all that acceleration and deceleration. It might be, might be a blessed moment of peace where he's not getting like compressed <laughs> <laughs> by extreme like gravitational forces. Um, mm-hmm. What thinking outside the box on this? Yeah. What if he was able? What, is there a way for him to potentially be able to either slow or stop time? To allow him to get some extra time on this, if he is, is there any mechanism within science that could that could not reverse time because we've already established that can't happen. Mm-hmm. Time always has to go forwards. Um, but could 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 he find a way? Could is there is there a method to essentially warp time 
to slow it down and, and take advantage, given that he's already going at like relativistic speeds. So there's a couple of things that are happening. So there's there's a sort of a a rule of thumb in relativity, which is that moving clocks run slow, and so clocks that are moving at close to the speed of light, like the ticks between the seconds, are slower. So for the person traveling, they will experience time moving at the same speed as always. But if you could watch that person as they're moving away from you, you would see the ticks going slow. And there's a, there's uh, that's from special relativity, which only deals with really with speed without accelerations. But general relativity, which deals with accelerations and with gravity, um, objects in a gravitational field. Like, like his sack. Like his sack. So those clocks tick slower as well. So the clocks on Earth tick a little bit slower than the clocks that they, that, that will tick in, in in orbit. So we have this issue with GPS satellites, right, which is that they rely on having very accurate clocks so that they can regulate and triangulate their positions. But their clocks tend to run at a slightly different rate than the clocks on Earth because of the fact that the time dilation effect of general relativity. So... I was doing some calculations just before we came on. Um, because Santa is moving at 1% of light speed for quite a lot of his life, um, he will experience, or for for every 50 years that he is alive, he will experience, uh, I think, there's an extra eight hours relative to us or something like that. Well, it's a, it helps a little bit. So it helps a little <laughs> bit, but it's not, it's not great, right? So it's not really what you want because you want us to, what you want is you want the people around him to have slower clocks, not him specifically. Um. So what what do you do? Do you speed up the Earth? That doesn't make sense. Mm, that doesn't really help. You'd have to speed up a lot, and then we'd be all like strawberry jam, or we get pinged off, like mm. um, like a merry-go-round, um, <laughs> like in theme park when you set your roller coaster too fast and <laughs> yeah. get lots of bends and <laughs> very um, exciting though. Yeah, I don't think there's like an obvious like, oh, you just do that and it's fine sort of thing. Um, no, you'd, you'd, the, the alternative is that he, that Santa finds some way of not having to, to, to actually move, right? That he can somehow, you know, build um, wormholes between every house and just step through them, um, mm. which is... So teleportation, really, but which, would yeah, make the, the, which would make the reindeers superfluous and more, more for show. Well, I mean, are the reindeers generating enough, like, horsepower to get you to 1% of light speed? Depends. I mean... It depends how much food you put in them. <laughs> what what do you feed them? a reindeer to, to travel at 1% of C? I don't know. Curry. <laughs> Something that, that's nuclear. Mm. That would probably make the make the reindeer very sick, though, so it's probably a bad idea. You'd go that's through a reindeer very quickly. Although Rude. it would explain Rudolph's nose. It's just aerodynamic friction. I think that's the problem. Um, it's going at 1% of light speed because he's at the front, right? Yeah, but before that, he, when he wasn't at the front, when they weren't allowed to play the reindeer games, someone else oh, would have been true. at the front and someone else would have had the rain, red nose. So I, there you go. See, there you go. Debunked. Debunked. <laughs> what is this role reversal? It's amazing. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Something weird's happened. <laughs> Uh, we've 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 crossed into a different universe. Yeah, alternate um, reality, maybe an alternate reality. So, yeah, 
the only thing about that calculation, that one percent of C, that assumes that everybody's like an equal distance away, but that's obviously not true, right? No. Like your next door neighbor is not like, you know, a quarter of a kilometer away from you. They're just across the street. No. And if you live in an apartment or a flat, then They're you know, all up and down. Yeah, you're you're all occupying roughly the the same the same area on this on their surface. Yeah. So you can, it might be the case that maybe 1% of light speed is an overestimate, but it's still going to be something like, you know, it's going to be a sensible fraction of light speed. Um, it's sensible, he says in question, quotation marks. <laughs> yes. Um, so he's got to figure that out. He's got to figure out how to deal with the, the extreme Gs uh, that he and the reindeer face. Um, and we mentioned, I mentioned briefly friction. So like if the sleigh's open, then he's going at 1% of light speed into like air molecules. Which, yeah, he's going to have like so many flies in his face the entire way, and birds. There's going to be so many bird strikes. <laughs> <laughs> like well, we're not talking like a nice bird strike. Like if he's going at like a, a fraction of a fraction of the speed of light, like they're getting atomized on his face. He's also generating quite powerful shock waves. Yeah, how um, do we not hear him? Every time that he would accelerate, you would hear a sonic boom, a really loud one, right? Because he's yeah. traveling at like many times the speed of sound. I mean, how, yeah. I mean, the other thing is like over 42 hours. Wait, how long is 42 hours? Let's 151,200 seconds, right? Mm-hmm. He has to go to a million places. Yeah. Like you're going to be getting a billion places. So, um, like at least a thousand sonic booms per second. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did good. That's good math. That's, that's good math. Um, you, you have like you know a third of a millisecond to do the things you need to do and then set off again. Yeah. So yeah, you're gonna have like and have the thousands. and have the and have the food and the drink, and he's gonna be sloshed because he's gonna be having fifty <laughs> percent of the time he's gonna be having uh, alcoholic, and then the other half he's gonna have milk. So he's he's gonna be curdling in his stomach as well. So he's not gonna feel great even before he's at. The fraction of, of he's sonic booming away. Can you imagine that? You know, going well above uh, like Mach Mach a thousand, but with like a belly full of milk and cookies and whiskey and pies, and booze, like just yeah, like just all mixed together and curdling your stomach. Like the, the first thing you're told when you start drinking is don't mix milk and <laughs> alcohol. And the dude is just like Santa, just as 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 again. He, 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 he's, he's absolutely living his best life, like absolutely he? YOLO. He's, he's, he? he's gone YOLO. You only live once. But like, can you imagine? Like, he he starts off on well, what we we would think of as the eastern side of the planet, right? So he's starting with, you know, um, the the islands on the Pacific Dateline and Australia, China, Russia, Japan, and all their national beverages. Like, so you know. He gets whiskey in Scotland because of you know our traditions. Um, maybe he gets sherry down south. He'll get rum. He'll get vodka. He'll get you know grappa. He'll get all the spirits. Basically, every spirit that humans make, he will get a glass of. Right. So in some ways, he's the cardinal mixer. Like he mixes literally every drink that's ever created, <laughs> and milk, and yeah. cookies, and mince pies. I mean, he must have like an iron constitution. Or or tactical chunder. That's your only two options, right? <laughs> the flying Roman. <laughs> here's my next. No, that's not a problem. But here's my next thing that we've got. We've got to discuss. 
Dude's eating a mince pie at every house, yeah. right? Billion houses, we'll say. Mm-hmm. There are two, on average, the there are 289 calories in a mince pie. <laughs> you just happen to know that off the top of your head, Steve. I, I've been very carefully, I muted myself so I could type the, <laughs> type the information in while you were talking. Right. So... Uh, that's, 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 that's professionalism for me. Thank you. There we go. We really are in, we are really are in the mirror universe right now. (laughs) (laughs) So dude is, dude is eating two, uh, uh, what? 269 billion calories in 42 Mm -hmm. hours. Right. That would presumably explain like, is he eating them though? Or is he using that to power the sleigh in some way? Because it's a lot of energy. How does he? How does he eat this? The might inspire and that power of the sleigh. Well, maybe he's not eating it. Maybe he's putting it oh, in the back, oh. like you know, like Mister Fusion and the flux capacitor. I was about to say, yeah, like the like the like the like the end of um, back, back to the, the future. future. Yeah, yeah, when he's got the the flying one. Because again, where he's going, he doesn't need roads. A a very adroit point, Stu. Yes. Thank you, thank you. Um, so maybe that's it. So That's what we're saying is, is we think that Santa might be riding a DeLorean. I mean, if you're going to fly a sleigh, why not do it with some style? You know, with 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 some fake reindeer on the front. Yeah, he's I mean, have you ever his seen ride, him? and he's decided to put nine Nordic uh, pack animals on the front for why decoration. Not? I mean, <laughs> one of which has a serious nose problem. I mean, to be honest, if you have a time machine, that kind of solves your problem, right? Because I mean, you can I would, just kind of do it I in sort of. Put it past have a time machine. It makes sense. Yeah, there you go. Because you could do a bit of it, and you'd be like, "Right, I'm done. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go like, gonna go back to Christmas Eve and just like rest my feet, have a have a have a, a mulled wine, and then I'm gonna crack on again." The other thing that solves is the whole: how does he carry all the presents? Because he doesn't need to carry all the presents. No, he doesn't. He goes back and picks them up from the yeah he has from, he, from Lapland, puts them on the DeLorean, and then eight eight miles an hour it is. Eight miles yeah. an hour, yeah. And the best thing about Lapland is this is big open areas. Yeah, he can easily get to eighty-eight. <laughs> okay, can you imagine if he's like, no, no, I can't go there. Like, it's not enough roads. No, it's yeah. not straight enough. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think I think we've solved it. I think we've solved it. I think that's it. I think that's uh, it's certainly a, a solid, logical, well thought out reason. I like the idea that Back to the Future is some kind of like weird truth or propaganda. It's like, this is the thing they don't want you to know. I mean, Doc Brown has got like mad white hair, right? I mean, is he like an allegory for Santa? Could be. mm, Who knows? And he's got an assistant who's a lot shorter than him. And has a very fetching red jacket. Exactly, yeah. That kind of fits. Yeah. Uh, so we're not so even, we we're not even drinking, take, guys. I know. Like, yeah, like I, I, I've we, got a cup of tea next to me. I haven't got an excuse. So if we take the DeLorean back out of the equation, which is, yeah. uh, I mean, because that's just it's it's too neat a solution. It is. Yeah. Um, mostly because what you you would notice all of the tire marks. <laughs> just just flames everywhere. Yeah, it's just, and you don't, and and the thing, the other the other problem you've got is, is he would cross himself too many times. There's too many too many situations where he might cross himself and meet himself, like logistically, that like time travel in that sense just doesn't make sense. Mm, just paradoxes yeah. everywhere. Yeah, it's too many. Yeah, it's too many paradoxes. Mm. Like I did briefly think he might have like store all his presents in the past, so he has all the presents made up by like June. Yeah, and he just keeps traveling back to June to pick up the presents. 
Or it's just last year's Christmas presents he's given them again, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> over and over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be a bit too neat, wouldn't it? Yeah. So if we take the time, we take time, we can, we can rule out time travel. I, I think we can conclusively rule out time travel, yes. Yeah. Which is a shame because it, it, uh, it would have been good, but this isn't, <laughs> this isn't the podcast for simple answers. No, it's not. No. Um, Here we interrogate science with, <laughs> with hard, <laughs> rational inquiry. Uh, and mispronunciations. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, we, we were, we're back to this 269 billion calories worth of intake. Mm. How is he not having a heart attack? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm a big guy, and I can maybe eat four or five mince pies in a go. To be honest, after two, I'm kind of regretting it. Mm. Like, one is nice. And that's before you take into account alcohol, milk, yeah. which is pretty calorific. Yeah. Or at least full of sugar. Uh, well, I mean, not to mention, like, heavily intoxicating. Exactly. And, and as we've already discussed, like, he's he's mixed them all, so he's going to have the mother of all hangovers. Oh, God, yeah. On Boxing Absolutely. Day. Absolutely. I mean, this is why Maybe that's why he can only do it once a year. Maybe he used to do it, like, you know, like, multiple times a year, but then just got, like... You know, after like a, a the, the biggest bender ever, it's like no, I can't. I need to wait a year for my stomach to settle. And bear in mind, right? Like we've obviously talked about the fact that the the, the southern hemisphere it's technically having its summer, mm. so it's going to be really warm down there. So maybe he's having a cold beer, but that doesn't make it any better. <laughs> it's just bad sex. <laughs> he's just adding more alcohol to it. Plus, he's wearing the—he's wearing whatever big suit he's having to deal with the 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 multiple, um, the multiple sonic booms every every second. That's true. Yeah, and he's going to be at a warm temperature. Yeah. Well, the warm temperature mattered given the speed he's going at, the acceleration, the heat he's going to be generating. Yeah. Well, it matter where he is to start with. Yeah. How much heat is he generating? How can he cook a chicken? <laughs> Without slapping it. Without slapping it. Yeah, I think you can just put a chicken on... You can put one on the side of the sleigh and it'll cook instantly. Yeah. Um, but that then doesn't help him because he's not going to want to eat a chicken that he's just cooked if he's just had that many mince pies. Well, no, this is true. This is true. I mean, you've got to save room, right? Maybe we need <laughs> it's to It's like filling up on bread get... at a meal, you know. <laughs> maybe we need to think about giving him a salad at Christmas. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll ask my daughter if we can give him like you know some something from Weight Watchers or you know just how about a nice glass of water? I'm sure he just needs a nice glass of water just to clear his head. One between drinks, you know, and some heartburn medicine. <laughs> just, just a big pint of Gaviscon. There you go. Yeah, other medicines are available. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's, he's, that's that is actually a big problem. Is the the, the heat he's generating. The, sh- the shockwave that he's building as he's going through the atmosphere, you know, fighter jets have like quite specific aerodynamic shapes to kind of push the air away from the aircraft and around it so that the heat and, they generate and, doesn't hit the, the, the metal of the, of the plane. And having a belly that sh- shakes like jelly is not aerodynamic. I, I mean, quite. <laughs> I can vouch for that. <laughs> Still be often gets up to like at least Mach 3. <laughs> <laughs> Depends if there's pizza on the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's going to have to have some kind of, like the the sleigh's going to have to have some kind of mechanism for, um, basically guiding the air away from him, so that you know instead of getting hit by like 
air molecules going at you know one percent the speed of light that is actually a sort of a vacuum so maybe he's gonna have to have an oxygen mask as well yeah i mean this is the other thing is like how is he gonna breathe at that, that, that altitude yeah see i think like I don't know. I think there's just something in the sleigh that we've not looked into yet is what mechanisms are in the sleigh to help with these kind of things. We keep focusing on the big man himself, but he's an inventor. Yeah, that's you know, true. he's got a team of inventors. He's got a crack team of engineers, right? So Well, if you think of like a convertible car, uh-huh. yeah, and how the windscreen has to be there, otherwise the driver just wouldn't be able to breathe at higher speeds. Mm. Then maybe there's something in that as well in the I mean the way he's travelling. Yeah, but so maybe also, he's just got like the best aircon system in the planet. The next thing, though, is like uh, how how strong does the the sleigh have to be to be able to withstand the speed? What's the brake intention of the sleigh? Ooh, yeah. yeah, like well, you don't if you, really if you're turns, traveling right? at that speed and generating that much that, that much energy, like yeah. it's going to be have to be made of like titanium, not titanium, um, adamantium, adamantium or vibranium or unobtainium <laughs> or any of those made up. Um, indestructibilium. Indestructibilium. That's a good one. Yeah, um, it's what all the it's all the cars. You know when you see in a movie when a car crashes into something and it doesn't explode. It's made of indestructibilium, but if it I explodes see. instantly, it's it's made of explodium. <laughs> ah, there you go. So there you go. So it's presumably made of indestructibilium, and yeah. he's presumably not doing any sharp turns on it because that's going to produce like torsion in yeah. the um, in the framework of the thing. It's also going to be pretty unpleasant for the reindeer. Yeah. Well, the reindeer are at the front. Mm-hmm. But if if you turn, if you do like a handbrake turn, if you imagine doing a handbrake turn, it's just the slave, back there's no handbrake. Well, let's just let's just picture the, the motion that would happen if it was doing like a handbrake style turn and you swing are the you back. Are you saying Santa Claus, Santa Claus is doing Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift? Oh, I think he is, right? I mean, again, we've got to get around all these places pretty fast, right? You know, can't apply the brake. I live my life when... Mince pie at a time. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> it's all about family. You also have to remember he's driving drunk as well, right? So you can't. <laughs> you know, he'd win. He'd win a drag race in a street race. Could you imagine just like being in like one of those like drag races and then like all the people going crazy and like this, this like pimped up car and it's bouncing around because it's on like jacks and all that. And all of a sudden this slave. <laughs> <laughs> with Santa who's off his face <laughs> and he just looks across and you know, you know in movies where you see two people pull up to like a traffic lights and they sort of look at each other and, and they, they sort of yeah. and the traffic lights got a turn and it's just Santa <laughs> ringing his sleigh bells <laughs> ding, 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 ding. and as soon as it goes green he just sonic booms <laughs> and cars everywhere explode <laughs> It's just, it's just everything goes everywhere. Uh, I'd watch that movie. <laughs> I'd watch the hell out of that movie. Uh, I like the I idea of the, of the Sonic boom, just like, 10, isn't it? Oh, there you go. Fast and the Furious 10, the Dominic, <laughs> Dominic Toretto takes down Santa. Uh. I like the idea of Santa taking off and like, the, the sonic boom being so powerful it just like like evaporates all the cars around him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It just it's just like just leaves an utter this just desolation behind. <laughs> it's just it's like an atomic bomb has gone off. Santa with this big like evil grin on his face as he's winning. Yeah. <laughs> Undefeated. Ho ho ho. 
Toretto. Just, pie is just falling out the back of the sleaze he goes. Yeah. <laughs> just, just shoveling more in his mouth as he goes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe Santa's the villain. Maybe. I mean, played by John Cena, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> they can make John Cena uh, Vin Diesel's brother. They can make John Cena this Santa. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be like the most unrealistic thing about the Fast and the Furious, right? No, no, no. How long was that runway in the end? Like 12 miles? <laughs> So anyway, Christmas. Yes. So we've we've talked about the speed. We've talked about um, we've actually talked. Haven't talked about one issue, which is he has to deliver the presents really quickly. Um, and in the article, um, <laughs> the, the suggestion is that Santa doesn't actually use the chimney or a magic key, and in fact, he uses a property of quantum physics called tunneling. And this happens in nature, right? It happens at the subatomic level, where um, if you're presented with some kind of potential barrier, and for for people of our kind of size, right, for humans, for macroscopic objects, a potential barrier is like a brick wall. And um, there is a non-zero probability that if you run at a brick wall enough times, there will be a time that you go through the wall and out the other side. Yes, because the wall will have fallen down. You'll have hit it that many times. <laughs> I yeah. watched that episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> it just erodes the wall. Um, yeah. Eventually, you'll you if you are unbreakable, you will eventually you will eventually wear it down. Yes. Um, equally, if the wall was unbreakable, there would be a there's a there's a non-zero probability that you you're basically your atoms will navigate in between the spaces in the atoms in the wall, and you'll come out the other side totally fine. Like phasing. It is, yeah. I mean, it's a bit like phasing, but the the probability of it happening at you know a human scale is it's incredibly small. You'd have to do it more times than there are seconds in the universe's existence, including like the future of the universe for it oh. to really happen. It's um, a pretty big number, then. It's a pretty big number, but the article suggests maybe Santa has some kind of quantum technology that increases the probability of it happening, and therefore just phases in and out. What happens if Santa is just really small? Like how small? Like infinitesimally small. Like quantum realm small. If if it's a sort of an Ant Man kind of idea. Yeah. Um, what if he could like shrink down to or shrink down to like the size of like like quantum size? Let's say say like he, he like Ant Man when he goes into the quantum realm, and then you'd use that to sort of get in and out of places. It would also because of the whole like t- wibbly wobbly timey wimey thing from from Avengers. It would also help with the getting around places if you could it, navigate it the quantum realm. Well, I mean, if you're if you're at the the size scales where um, you have to resolve quantum mechanics and general relativity as two theories, you're at the quantum gravity size, which is extremely small. Right? Mm-hmm. Let's pretend that you could do that. Then, yeah, maybe you could you could use like. You know, quantum-sized wormholes to jump in space and time all over the place, wherever you liked. Um, and then again, it's a bit like having a DeLorean. You can just do whatever you want. Yeah. And you can go anywhere you want, whenever you want. And if you can kind of keep growing and shrinking yourself, it's fine. Because you're going to have to, or unless you deliver the presents in like a shrunken state, you leave and then they kind of pop back into like, you know, microscopic size. Well, I mean, if he's, if he's such a hot uh, engineer, then he's going to be able to do something like that. Hmm. So if you just set it off with a time delay, it's like here's your, you know, here's your bike that's um, that's Timmy's Christmas present, and it's 
you know, um, like less than a nanometer across, you know, (laughs) it's the size of a couple of atoms. And then it's the size of, you know, um, it's, you know, could knock the tree over if it's put in the wrong place, though. That's true. You're going to have to time it carefully. And yeah, (laughs) the the force that it might generate as it kind of grows back into its other size might be a problem. um, It just explodes. Yeah. Why is the tree on fire, fire Father? Uh, let's not ask about that question. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> but um, maybe maybe that's where the energy from the from the mud pies goes to the, the shrinking and the growing. Well, I mean, it, it would presumably require quite a lot of energy. So, you know, I mean, e equals mc squared and all that. You could hmm. there's quite a lot of energy contained within a single mince pie. Yeah, um, if you could convert all of its mass into to energy. We've already established as two hundred and eighty nine million billion calories he's going to he's going to be getting so that's quite a lot of energy that's quite a lot of energy and I mean, how much know, energy is that if it was to go in like a second what would that do <laughs> um that's quite a lot of energy um what's that two points similar to times 10 to i'm just trying to figure out what that is in in joules two point it's essentially 2.7 to the one two three four five six seven eight nine ten zeros so okay, one calorie is about four thousand joules. So what was it? Um, two point eight nine. Two point six nine. Two point six nine. To the ten, to, I think. To, to the ten. Okay, yeah. Um, and then you multiply that by four thousand, and you get that. And then, uh, okay, so that's ten to the f- ten to the thirteen, ten to the fourteen joules. Okay, it's not quite a supernova, but it's pretty big. Um, uh, actually, we can check uh, nuclear uh, bomb Hiroshima energy in joules. Uh, yeah, so it's it's about ten Hiroshimas. Okay. Jesus. There you go. There, there's there's some scale. If one thinks my my, my mince pie uh, analogy here was crazy, but there's some scale for you. That's how much energy. Santa is, is 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 getting, and that's what he could do. Yeah, that's that's quite a lot. <laughs> and that's before you put in milk and cookies and all the other stuff. That's just mince pies. That's just mince pies. That's a lot of mince pies. That's a lot of cinnamon. Yeah. Oh, he's not got an allergy or something. <laughs> Can you imagine if he's lactose intolerant? Bloody hell. <laughs> But yeah, like that, that that just goes to show, like if 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 he was had a way of harnessing that energy, mm. like suddenly, like you've got the power of like ten Hiroshima bombs there, you could you could put that if if you could store that energy somehow and, and transform it into something else, then yeah, you like some of these ideas that we're coming up with uh, don't seem that crazy. And I think we've we've managed to come up with a couple of potential options, like the the, the whole Ant Man shrinking down and using the quantum traveling. I, I think. There's another quite elegant I think that's, suggestion. That's possibly the best idea. I'm not even sure ten Hiroshima's is enough, though. Well, again, he's going to have more than ten Hiroshima's because he's not just got the he's not just got the mince pies. He's got the cookies. Mm-hmm. He's got the he's got the milk, and he's going to have alcohol, which is very calorific. <laughs> so yeah, he's, he's he's consuming about a billion units of alcohol, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, what's Forgan, the- Forgan wants to see if he can hit supernova level. Like so- just how much destructive force <laughs> is Santa capable of? 
And so, should we be allowing him to travel around the world? Yeah, so I'm just figuring out uh, uh, how many units are in a bottle of wine. Ooh, someone's getting classy. It's about, it's about 10 units. Okay. So I'm just figuring out. So I was looking up what something called the LD50, which is what is the, the, the amount that would cause a lethal dose in 50% of people. Um, and that's about 40 units. So he said about a billion. There's definitely magic going on with that one. Yes, I would say so. <laughs> or he's not drinking it. Maybe he's putting it away somewhere. Yeah, I said maybe maybe he's putting it into whatever device he's using to to do the uh, the quantum travel or the or the back of the DeLorean. I, I assume you have to be right. I mean, that's that's quite a lot of energy because um, mm. he needs that energy, and we know that the DeLorean runs off leftover fuel, and it needs like nuclear levels of energy. Was it one point one gigawatts? So there's about just under a hundred calories in in a shot of whiskey which is about a unit. So he's got 100 billion calories to play with, yeah. which is, again, a similar amount. It's, it's another, what, five Hiroshimas. So we're up to 15 Hiroshimas. Yeah. And then we've got cookies and milk and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I could say you could probably maybe say 25, 30, 30, 30 odd Hiroshimas if you want to double it for that. Mm. Kidnap Santa. Santa's a dangerous man. This is why Norad tracks him, right? Exactly. So where do we go from here in this conversation? <laughs> I'm not sure we go anywhere else, right? Um, I think we've established that there's tremendous amounts of speed, mass, and energy involved in being Santa and, and, and doing your job on Christmas Eve. Which is why it only works one day a year. And why he's in therapy for the rest of the year. <laughs> Fasting at the same time. That's the other thing. Like, because I mean, like, imagine the, the 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 mental toll that those like four or five sonic booms in a second mm. do on him. Like, in, existing potentially in like multiple positions at the same time. Well, I mean, it's a lot of pressure on the brain he, as well, right? And we he know must that have an that, amazing shrink. We know that brain injuries can cause like emotional and behavioral changes in people as well. So. Yeah, maybe he, he needs counselling afterwards. <laughs> That's a bit grim. Have we gone too far? <laughs> I think it's maybe time to finish. Cool. Well, there we go. We've established some of the science behind Santa. Most of it we're just going to have to attribute to magic or other a theories. Del a DeLorean or Pimtech. There we go. Uh, so Possibly even both. So that'll do for the end of our Science of Fiction Christmas special. Cheers, guys, as always. Uh, you can find us at the Science of Fiction podcast. Stu doesn't like to be found on Twitter. Nope. And Forgan, where can you be found? You can find me at, uh, at DH4GAN on Twitter. That's number four. One of the Forgan is one of the highlights of Twitter for me. Thanks again, guys. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we will speak to you next year. Bye. Merry Christmas. Yeah.